Those who do not choose a direction are lost. It is far better to become something than to remain anything but become nothing. This is despite all the genuine limitations and disappointments that becoming something entails. Everywhere, the cynic despairs are bad decisions. But someone who has transcended that cynicism, or more accurately, replaced it with an even more profound doubt, that is, the doubt that doubt itself is an ultimately reliable guide, objects. The worst decision of all is none. Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm hoping to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers, and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews, as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. So that opening quote was out of the new book that I'm reading, Beyond Order by Jordan Peterson. It's just kind of regarding to the indecisiveness that a lot of people can have nowadays and kind of the uh, the apprehension to actually getting started on anything. I mean, that could be a fear of failure. That could be just not really knowing where to go. That could be, again, just not knowing what to do with your life and being afraid to start anything in the in the case that, you know, you start down a path that you aren't really interested in or that one that won't get you to that end goal that you're looking for but this episode is going to be all about just starting and completing something it doesn't have to be down your ideal path or on your way to your end goal whatever that may be it's just about starting and completing something and getting that first step out of the way getting a little bit of confidence moving forward in the fact that you can actually start something and finish it properly, effectively, and on time. And then before I get balls deep in this episode, I wanted to reach out to a few people who have reached out to me recently, you know, over the course of the podcast, and just kind of thank you guys. And I'll thank you guys by name. Hopefully you're fine with that. Anyway, uh, (laughs) I'm not going to use any last names, so don't worry about it. But uh, there were a few I had in mind. So there's uh, Bailey, who's reached out on Facebook. Thank you. You know, sometimes those whatever those kind words, just saying that the podcast is having any kind of effect on your life. It can really go a long way, even just in week to week. I mean, some weeks are a lot easier than others to get up and get this thing recorded and sent out on time. And, you know, in those tougher weeks, it's always, it seems to be those weeks where I get reached out to, where somebody says, hey man, appreciate what you're doing. Thanks for the message. And, you know, it's always timely. It's always right when I kind of need it, right when I'm not all that, interested in going and recording an episode and so thank you uh the other person is david who's actually going to be coming on here soon for uh an interview um thank you for reaching out uh then a couple of guys right from the beginning there's josh dustin mark and also matt and emily thanks all you guys for the input just kind of bouncing ideas off of or in a case of a couple of those guys joining me for interviews joining me for discussions and uh just kind of helping me along the way. I mean, this whole podcast, the whole idea behind it is kind of enlightening people to the different aspects of blue collar workers and tradesmen, tradespeople. Just the idea that there's a lot more than, you know, grunts, groans and ass cracks hanging out above pants. Like there's, there's a lot more to this air quote grind than, uh, than, you know, media likes to portray. There's a lot more thought that goes into it. And there's a lot more pride taken in the work than, the stereotypical tradesperson portrayed in the media. And so thank you guys for reaching out and really kind of keeping me on this path. Thank you. 
So, you know, going back to this idea of starting and completing something and just having a reason or a responsibility, something that you have to get done day to day, week to week, month to month, whatever your time frame may be. And again, these goals can be in all different kind of uh, lengths, lengths of time, you know, the, the amount of time that you have to get done. Obviously, if you're looking at completing an apprenticeship, say, that's a, a four to five year plan that you're looking at. So you can't, you can't really apply the same standards to those longer term goals as you can to shorter ones. And what I'm going to specifically talk about this week is setting a short term goal, especially if you're stalled out, or if you are feeling aimless in life. You know, I have a friend in particular, uh, I don't believe he listens to the podcast. So, you know, Hopefully, takes a little bit of a weight off my shoulder here and talking about this. I'm not going to get into any details, but, you know, he's kind of spinning his tires. And we're the same age. We grew up in high school together. We both had, you know, kind of the same, not the same upbringing. You know, he had a pretty tough one. Uh, we all have our challenges, but it wasn't easy. But anyway, throughout the course of life, you know, he's had a lot of different job opportunities actually a lot of different career opportunities and anybody who's listening to this in trades or really in any line of work you know the difference between a job and a career a career will allow for further advancement uh, a much longer term you know outlook you have different steps different promotions that you can take and you can move up and really create a life out of that so he's had a lot of different opportunities at careers but nothing ever gripped him nothing ever felt like it was that perfect job and recently, I've noticed it's become more of a downward spiral. It's because I think at this stage, you're starting to see other friends. I mean, I'm in my early 30s. Our whole friend group is in our early 30s. And you're starting to see the accumulation of people's efforts over time. I mean, I've been in electrical now for, what is it, uh, coming up on 17 years. So that's a lot of time in the trade. That's a lot of time to build up experience, build up, you know, promotions and moving up within companies and just higher wage earning ability at that time. And it all starts to add up. And that's the other thing to keep in mind. And this is what I've tried to remind him a few times is that you may be looking down the barrel of four to five years as an apprenticeship, but you know how fast four or five years can pass you by like, like that, like in the blink of an eye, all of a sudden you look back, look back to where you were five years ago. How fast does that time frame feel? If, it's, if you're like me and you have kids, it's pretty fucking quick. Like, I remember like it was yesterday, my five-year-old being born, and now he's, you know, halfway to being done kindergarten. And I don't know where the time went. I don't know where it, where it flew by, but it's, you know, time passes and it's constantly moving. And so don't think about it looking forward as if it's uh, this huge daunting task. Look back, look five years back, look four years back, whatever your, the term of your goal is, look back and realize how fast that time can pass you by. And how fast it's going to go once you start going down that road. But again, the first step is the most crucial. And again, it doesn't have to be in your given field. Let's say you're stalled out. You're not feeling particularly motivated. You're a little bit depressed, anxious maybe. And a lot of this has to do with not having that guide, not having that reason to be going through life, that level of responsibility. So whatever it may be, maybe you got a new you know, bed frame that you're wanting to build, but it's been sitting there, you're sitting with the mattress on the floor, and you're just putting it off, putting it off, sleeping on the mattress on the floor, because hey, it gets you by. What's the difference between that and having a bed frame? Well, I challenge you 
to go ahead and build that bed frame right away. Just do it. Get it started, complete it, whatever it takes you a couple of hours, or if you're not very experienced with it, maybe a few hours, but you know, you'll get that done and you'll have a well-made bed. And that is more so than even just having a properly functioning bed, it'll give you that sense of accomplishment that you've been able to start something, identify a problem that you need to solve, and then voila, you solved it all by yourself. And what I just hinted at there, that those feelings of anxiety and depression and that isolation that comes along with it, like there are certain things that we kind of almost need in life. And, you know, that may be, maybe you have a cynical view of it and you just think that this is you know, what society tells us that we need. But that's, I challenge you to really break that down. I don't think that's the proper way to look at it. I mean, okay, so there's an idea kind of originally posed by Friedrich Nietzsche. Uh, It's echoed quite frequently by a guy by the name of Jocko Willink. If you aren't familiar with him, his podcast is incredible, ex Navy SEAL. He's pretty intense, but he's, he's awesome. He's very knowledgeable. It's also echoed by, you know, again, this book that I'm reading by Jordan Peterson. But it's this idea that discipline equals freedom. And you may say, hey, that's a bit of an oxymoron. How does that make any sense? Well, let me explain a little bit. And this is kind of parsed together by both of their viewpoints. But it's a way that, you know, if you don't want to listen to Jordan Peterson or Jocko Willink, if you'd rather just have it sent through a dummy filter, which is my brain, and then echoed out in a stupider form, then by all means, listen to this podcast, because that's basically what this is going to be, a dumbed-down version of smart people explaining this. So when you think about this, so discipline equals freedom. Now, we all have to fit into a rough kind of social sphere slash, like our society has rules. We all know them. They don't even have to be codified, really. We're aware that they're there. There's You know, our friends even will hint at us when we start to step out of line, when we're starting to get a little bit crazy. You'll pick up on social cues. People don't really want to hang out with you, et cetera, et cetera. It goes on. So the idea is let's relate this to a chess game. Would a chess game be any fun if every single part or every single piece could do what the queen does, could just move at will any direction for any number of spaces, every single piece, the pawns, the knights, the bishops, everything. It would be no fun. The whole point of chess and what allows for creativity is the fact that there are, is a clearly defined border of the game and there are clearly defined rules with each piece. So this is the idea of discipline equals freedom. If you can fit in and work within society's bounds, then you're free to play the game and you're free to play any number of games. And think of this as smaller goals where you're trying to, you know, get checkmate. You're trying to get that king out of the game, and you're trying to move towards that goal. Now, these can be short-term games, but they can be longer-term games too. And in the longer-term games, think about the moves that you have to make. A lot of the times you may have to sacrifice plays, you may have to sacrifice parts or beliefs and ideals that maybe you held that have now proved to not be sufficient. They're not helping you. This is something that's been proven wrong. It's time to sacrifice it, burn it off, and move forward with this new knowledge that I have. And maybe in the grand scheme of things, this move that you're taking is just to knock out a pawn. Maybe you're not going towards the king yet. Maybe it's just one play in a series of a much larger group of goals that you have to go through to get to your end ideal, to wherever you see yourself being. But don't overlook these small tasks because they become habits. They form 
who you are and they form your reputation as it's perceived by people around you. And, you know, I've gone over this in previous episodes, but reputations are very hard to build up. They're very hard. They require a lot of maintenance. They require a lot of work and they require a lot of honesty on your part, but they can fall apart in an instant. So the idea is you have to continually repeat these what may seem menial tasks, but all they're doing is compounding and building your own character. They're advancing you in your career. They're advancing you in your relationships. They're they're getting you one step ahead. And again, it's one step at a time. It's brick by brick that you're trying to build up your future. So don't overlook the small, air quote, menial tasks every day in front of you. All of them are doing little bits, you know, again, maybe they're pawns in your grand game of chess that you're trying to compete in. But those little pawns, you got to knock them out of the way before you can start to take down the bigger pieces. You've got to lay the groundwork to plan out your attack on whatever you're aiming at. And being alluded to by, you know, the idea of sacrificing pieces, sacrificing pawns, little beliefs that you've carried with you that maybe don't serve you anymore, or they've been proven wrong, you got to get rid of them. Now, this is also another good opportunity and a good analogy to look at what you are willing to sacrifice to get to your end goal. Now, what I'm talking about, I mean, it can be broken down very easily and it's very easy to understand. Let's say you want to be a high-level CEO making, I don't know, north of three hundred to 400000 a year. Probably well north of that if you're really high up. But let's say that's what you want to do. Well, do you realize that you're going to have to sacrifice, you know, on average, roughly 80 hours a week for X number of years? I literally, I don't know how long because this is not my career path. But even once you get to the top, you have to maintain at 80 hours per week. That's what it's going to take to get to that end goal. That's something that's very important to keep in mind with whatever you're going at, whatever you're aiming at, there is going to be a large list of sacrifices that are going to need to be made in order to get to that end goal. And now for me, again, being a dumbass electrician, I work, I don't know, between 48 and 60 hours a week, roughly. For me, you know, what it came down to, honestly, nowadays, I'm trying to tailor my work schedule down a little bit to allow for more family time. It's what I'm aiming to do. It's my goal. But obviously, I'm sacrificing income to now have more time with the family. You know, time is money. It's an age old saying, but it's completely true. But I'm going to go back a few years to when I started getting out because when I, I wanted to be able to afford a home. And where I live in the lower mainland of British Columbia, it's very expensive. It's Honestly, one of the more expensive cities or areas in the world. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I should not have had that pop before this. But so I had to work out of town and I started doing this. I started working in underground mining when I was 23, I believe, 22. No, 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 21. Anyway, so I started working out of town at 21. Well, what does everybody relate the years of, I don't know, 19 to 25 as in your young adult life, it's partying, it's going out, it's socializing, it's having a lot of fun. I didn't have that. And it's not something that I look back on negatively. I mean, I still had a little bit of it. But 
the amount of time that I sacrificed in my life to be out of town, working, trying to save, trying to get ahead, trying to plan for my future, I was basically sacrificing my present for my future. That's the way I viewed it. That's the mindset I had to take in order to keep some type of sanity in working those type of shift lengths and just just that method of work. It's it's tiring, it's draining, it's exhausting. You get to see photos and get to hear about all the good times your friends are having together while you're up in some hilltop somewhere secluded. You get no self-service. You get internet that's spotty in and out. If you get a windstorm, you're not communicating with anybody because communications are knocked out, satellite dishes are snowed in. That's the way it is. That was the life that I lived for a long time. I'm driving, you know, five minutes across site to go to a shitter when it's negative 40 out. So you got to get bundled up just to go have a shower, go shit, shave, whatever the deal may be. Bundle up, get over there, get wet, dry yourself off, come back and then go to bed. It's miserable. But, you know, I enjoyed that portion of my life. I think a lot of it was the mindset that I took into it, the the perspective that I tried to had have, sorry, and uh, the longer term outlook, knowing that what I was doing now, the sacrifices that I was making were going to pay off in the long run. Sorry, so that was a really long way of explaining. You guys, you have to be willing to make those sacrifices for what, where you want to get to. For me, again, now, like even I had, well, when I met my wife, she had our first son already. And then we had our next son when I was 25. And I realized that, you know, I've got other friends who are able to travel, like we make relatively the same income, but they don't have kids, so they can travel. And that's something that my wife and I both decided that we were going to sacrifice at this stage in our life. We wanted to raise kids, we wanted to have our family. So again, all different steps of life, you're going to be making sacrifices. It just depends on what you value and what you want your life to look like. So plan accordingly. And really, I cannot stress this enough. It comes down to the little everyday steps, whether it be, let's say you're saving for a new car or you're saving for a house. Do you really have to buy that $5 Starbucks coffee every day? Or can you get by with something at the gas station or make one at home? It's going to come down to those little steps that just become habit you don't even think about them anymore, but all of a sudden, what you are, what you're mentally and actually making a decision about becomes habit. It's now in the back of your mind, but it's all of a sudden been incorporated into who you're trying to become. So those are the little steps that I'm talking about that need to be taken. And at first, they're tough. You need to turn them into habit. The only way to do that is by repetition. And now again, I've heard this before, and I can sympathize. I understand it. And I'll I'll tell you a way that I experienced it. So, you know, the only thing worse maybe than never trying is trying for your highest ideal and failing. And sometimes this, well, oftentimes this comes down to if you're really honest with yourself and you look back, it's oftentimes our own shortcomings that get us there. It's things that we didn't do properly, mistakes we made, wrong turns that we made at a fork in a road that got us to this point of failure where we could have done it differently and if that's your case then don't look at it as something that's completely unattainable go back retrace your steps and see if you can rework your path to that end goal but sometimes there are things that are taken out of our control like for example and this is a, a stupid example i mean when we were growing up you know in canada ice hockey is king hockey is king so but we didn't have a lot of money growing up. 
And so I wasn't in ice hockey, but I played ball hockey. I played roller hockey and I was always the goalie. And I did very well when I was younger, all the way up till I was 14, 15. And you know, that's when every kid kind of hits their growth spurt. Every guy does anyway. Well, I never did. I didn't hit my growth spurt until I was 18. And even then, I mean, I'm just shy of 5'10 now. So you look at goalies in the NHL, they're averaging probably 6'3", 6'4". It's probably the average height. Uh, It wasn't in my cards. Not that it was anyway, because I wasn't playing ice hockey. But that is something that would have been my ideal dream goal that I just, I wouldn't, I couldn't accomplish. It was taken out of my control before then. And that's something that, you know, it it could really drag you down. Like I still go, I play beer league hockey. I play drop in whatever it may be, anything to still get out there and compete. I love it. I just realized that that was something that was unattainable to me physically and economically. When I was a kid, when I would have needed to be in that training, it just, it wasn't in my cards and that's fine. It's not something that, you know, I look back on unfavorably at all. It's just something that I realized I've moved on with. I have a different set of goals now. It's same with, you know, having kids now. I I honestly really enjoyed working underground. I love that. But I love spending time with my kids and my family more. So I can't do that line of work anymore. I'm working at home doing, you know, <laughs> a job that I don't find as much satisfaction in, um, you know, not in relation to what I was doing. But I still find a lot of joy in it day to day. And it's something that I, I work on. I, I really do value. But I'll tell you what. Above all else, I value that time at home and with my wife more than anything that work is going to bring me. So it's all about identifying the kind of life that you want to build. And with that, along that path, you are going to come run into a whole ton of different people who may have opinions or bits of advice to give you along that path. And this is something that, all right, so this word gets a bad rap nowadays because it's 2021, but be Be very discriminating when it comes to who you allow in your life and who you allow to really to impress their air quotes wisdom or advice onto you. You know, we can all look in our past and realize that there were people who may have given us advice or, you know, we may have believed they wanted the best for us. But then hindsight's 2020. You realize that a lot of those people never had your best intentions in mind, in their heart. They didn't want you to succeed. And you'll run into these people again. You'll run into them quite frequently. And so it really, I really challenge you guys to be very careful of who you allow to have input on your life and who you allow to really affect the core of your being. So for myself, that list has been whittled down very small. And the one the one person, obviously, who's at the, the very peak of that mountain is my wife. That gets there because we're in a committed relationship. We both trust each other 100% with our entire being. And I know that she has my best intentions at heart. There's a downside to that as well. You know, it is a two-edged sword when you're going to allow these people. I mean, you could even, you can view them as mentors. You know, maybe it's a parent. Maybe it's somebody who at work who you've really become close to. But it all, again, I mean, going back to just the small tasks, it it takes a long time to build up that trust and to build these relationships, and it takes a commitment. I mean, it's very obvious when it comes down to a wife or somebody, but you need to be committed to these people, and they have to show their commitment to you. So with my wife, again, so the part of this double-edged sword, 
is that she could cut right to the core of me and really shake me. Maybe you guys are familiar with this too. Like, I don't, I don't let a lot of things really get to me. I have a pretty thick skin. Most of it just rolls off my back. I don't care if somebody has a, uh, whatever, a degrading opinion of me. It doesn't really bother me. But if I were to hear something like that from my wife, that's a totally different story. As much as I love her, you know, she's the only person who can drive me crazy too with little things that, you know, maybe she'll say or do. It doesn't happen often, but here or there. And that's because I allow her to. I hold her opinion in such high regard that if she does say something to me that maybe is true, maybe it's something that I've been overlooking or neglecting in my life and she points it out, that hurts. But that's just because it hurts doesn't mean that it's cruel or it's coming with poor intentions. It just means that she's looking out for the best in me and she's trying to correct a path that I'm on. And so again, my list of people who will I will allow to really cut to the core of me is very short. And I recommend you guys do the same and develop a bit of a thick skin. I mean, you don't want to become calloused or cruel to anybody around you. I'm not talking about that, but I am talking about being very discriminating and very discerning in whose opinions you allow to shape your future and shape your goals. Because that can say they can have a lot of input into who you become and the path that you take forward. And I mean, on this topic, down this road, speaking about having that committed relationship to my wife, I mean, we could get into all the pros of marriage and having a strong monogamous relationship, but that's a different topic for a different podcast, but it is something I'll probably speak about at some point. I think it's something that society has deemed unnecessary or somehow unimportant, and I I don't think they could be more wrong if they tried. I, I think there's a great level of of meaning and of just trust and you know, guidance in having that committed relationship. So anyway, I'll step down from my pulpit here. That's not what this episode is about. But I really want you guys to take from this episode is first off, pick a task, any task, preferably something you've been putting off for a while that you've specifically kept on the back burner because for some reason you just don't want to get it done. Well, I challenge you guys to get it done and to get it done quickly. I think it's going to build up confidence and it's going to start you down that correct path that you want to be on. The second point that I want you guys to take from this is really seriously take a look back at the last four to five years. That's probably the average that it would take for you to change a career path. Maybe you're unhappy where you are, or maybe you're floating around rudderless and you don't have a direction or a set of responsibilities in your life. You don't have that why behind what you're doing. I challenge you, look back at the last four to five years. How fast did that fly by? Now, in four to five years from this point, from March 15th, 2021, where could you be? And what type of, so now rolling into my third point that I'd like you to take home from this, what sacrifices are you willing to make to get there? What does your end goal look like? And what are you willing to sacrifice now to ensure that that's what takes place Again, four to five, six years down the road, whatever it may be, because you're going to have to identify that and you're going to have to stick to that. That's part of building. That's just part of building that character, that reputation, that repetition. You've got to get those those tough decisions turned into just habit. And so analyze that. 
make your decisions based off of that and then stick to that program. And again, at any time, you guys can, you know, shoot me an email. I'll send you stickers, but I'll also answer any questions that you guys have. If you have any questions regarding this episode or any past episode, I'm an open book. So fire away. And then the last the last bit of information that I'd like you guys to keep or take from this is really be careful of those relationships and whose opinions you take to heart. It's different for everybody, but we all have to have that tight support network if we want to move forward in life. It, it helps us socialize. It helps us fall back on people. It really helps to lift us up when we aren't feeling that great about things. Like I said, even you guys, the listeners, when you guys reach out and are you know, just saying that the, the podcast has had some kind of positive effect on your life recently. That maybe will push me ahead another week or inspire me to a different episode. So thank you once again. I really appreciate it. And I think that's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks, everybody. That's it for today. I hope you guys found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, comment, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook. It's at Jacket Plaid on Twitter and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. Have a great week and I'll talk to you all again soon.